attracted to a small remote town in North Carolina. It wasn't easy getting that far, with all the charts and false leads and conjecture, but once I arrived I knew I was there. It was overcast, cold and quiet. The birds were the first sign. They were hopping around in the road on my way in. When they noticed the car, they tried flying away but couldn't go more than a few feet before flailing in the air and rolling onto the ground with chirps and caws. They scurried off as I got closer to them, and the car just stopped. Dead battery. I put it in park and walked the rest of the way. The crunching gravel underfoot was all I heard as I moved past dark buildings and empty lots. Doors were left open, vehicles unattended. The smell of burnt wood and plastic and metal clung to my clothes. When I saw the freshly dug plots in a yard, I stopped. I knew that I was too late to help, and I felt remorse bubble up, but quickly stifled it. There was a good chance that it was still there, I reminded myself, and I could stop it from happening again. The wind blew, and I trudged on. It wasn't long before I reached the driveway to the house. I could feel the pull coming from there. I walked around the side of the house, and in the backyard next to a lawn chair was a stone circle. As I got closer, I saw the object in the middle. A small jewelry box. So that's what it chose this time, I thought. I reached into my coat pocket, withdrawing a hard plastic vial half filled with dark gray liquid. I unscrewed the lid and put my finger over the opening, gave it a quick turn upside down and back again, and traced a circle on my other palm. I capped the vial and put it away, and stepped past the stones. The air was warm, which matched the summer climate outside of the town. I knelt down and picked up the box. I wasn't sure how long it would stay that way once it left the circle, or what it would become. It was light. A faint knock from inside as something shifted. I lifted a stone and tossed it aside, breaking the circle. The warmth disappeared and a chill took its place. I held my hand out past the perimeter and waited. Wind rustled some leaves to my side and I felt no different. Satisfied, I stepped out and walked down the driveway, box in hand. I didn't know what it was, exactly, although I had my theories. What I did know was what it had done, and what it could still do, and that it had to be stopped. I couldn't risk destroying it, releasing it from its ever-changing physical shell to go where it pleased. I had to take the thing where it would be rendered inert and ordinary. It would set tucked away in a place that time either forgot or feared to tread, staying there long after mankind had left. I made it to the road when there was a soft tapping from inside the box. I kept walking and ignored it. Down the road it tapped again, more insistent. I knew what it wanted, but I wasn't going to open it. When I reached the house with the plots, a figure was standing in the yard. It was a woman, maybe mid-twenties, wearing shorts and a t-shirt. She was covered in dirt caked in her hair and on her clothes, her head tilted with a look of forlorn lucidity. Her mouth hung open, and more dirt was falling out of it. She watched as I passed, 
and whispered directly into my ear even as she stood so far away. Taking it to a new home, I heard. Taking it away. Won't you open it? A quick peek? It's beautiful. I refused to look over and kept pace on the road. She didn't follow. We won't stop, she said, and a shiver ran down my spine. An old man stood in the yard further down. He was wearing golf clothes and had the same look as the woman, but unlike her, he didn't have dirt anywhere. Instead, a large crimson gash ran across the side of his head where it had been split open. The box tapped. One look, he whispered. One look, and you can save us. I gripped the box tighter. Another young woman sat in the road next to a stop sign, one arm in her lap, mangled beyond anything I had ever seen. Her fingers were almost completely missing, and the flesh and bone up to the elbow were ripped and twisted together. Garbage disposal, I thought. It's the only way to free us, her voice pleaded quietly in my head. Please, we want to move on. This wasn't your fault. Just open it so we can have peace. I moved faster. Whispers of promises, of begging, of quiet threats flowed to me across the wind as they tried to make me open the box. My legs were heavy and my hands were weak by the time I reached the car. I opened the trunk and removed the covering for the spare tire compartment. Inside was the suitcase I had packed, just in case there were unforeseen circumstances. The whispering had become frantic and unrelenting, dozens of voices overlapping. I felt sick as I took out a bag of red powder. I put the jewelry box down in the trunk, out of the wind, and sprinkled some of the powder over it. All the voices stopped at once. I grabbed the duct tape and wrapped it around the box to make sure the powder stayed in constant contact. Only after I had closed the trunk to complete the seal and the warm air rushed in did I allow myself to rest and catch my breath. It was cut off from the outside. The veil that shrouded the area had been lifted. It wasn't a permanent solution for the artifact, but the town was no longer affected. I took the portable jump start kit out of the back seat. Soon the engine was running again. I let it idle as I sat with my hands on the wheel. I hated myself for not finding it before another massacre. I was trying not to think of how many people had been lost. Later, I would add their names to a list that should have never needed to be created, a list that I had been trying my best to commit to memory. After a resigned sigh, I turned the car around and drove away, watching the scattered buildings disappear in my rearview mirror. The birds flew up from the fields as one, and effortlessly they flew away. I couldn't undo what it had done. Whenever it lashed out, it scarred the world, and those scars remained. The people it took, the lives it tore apart, they were gone and nothing could fix that. There was one thing I could do about it, however, and that was at my destination. I was going to take its power away, bury it forever in a dark corner of the world. Then, 
I would be off to find the next one.